Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. We'll just see how the Lord leads us on this. Uh, But I appreciate everybody being here today. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1 through 6. And don't put it up here yet on the screen, Dave. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. (coughs) Amen. Now, everybody look this way at me real quick. Put a big smile. Sarah's ready. Tommy back there's ready. Ryan's got it. Yeah, he gave me a little eye raise with it. That's good. That's good. That's what I like to see. Amen. Somebody say, I rejoiced. I was glad. When they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for your word in this place. Lord, what a blessing it is that you wrote from Genesis to Revelation for us. You didn't write it for angels. You didn't write it for the devil or anybody else. You wrote it for us because you loved us and you wanted us to know who you are. And I thank you this morning for your unchangeable word that does not move with culture or society, but is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that even after heaven and earth pass away, your word will remain forever. That's why we stand on it. That's why we back everything. We bank everything on your word today. And I thank you that your spirit is here in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place to fulfill the Word in here today, to make it flesh. So I thank you today, Lord, and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, before I read this, I want to ask you something. Somebody say battles that shouldn't have took place. Let me say it one more time. Say battles that shouldn't have took place. Now, what do you think I mean by that? Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, what do you think he means? See, before I get into the the verse right here, let me just tell you something. The enemy is a fighter. You better hear me. The enemy is a fighter. if, If he wasn't a fighter, why do you think that Paul talks about putting on the what? Whole armor of God. And it talks about how we're to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. That would be of no purpose if the enemy was not a fighter. And the Bible even goes so far as say is that he is as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He is as a roaring lion. See, one thing you'll learn about the devil is he's always trying to copy God because he wants to be him. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? So Satan goes around as a roaring lion. But watch this. Seeking whom he may what? Devour. So he's looking for a fight. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's looking for a fight. So if he's a fighter and he's looking for a fight, so what's that tell us? That tells us that we better be on guard, amen? That we better have our armor on. But what if I told you today... Now watch this. What if I told you if the fight that you're in right now shouldn't be taking place? Now we all go through, no misunderstand me now. I'm going to make you think first and then I'm going to preach to you. Don't misunderstand me. We all go through battles. We all have to fight. Amen. We all have to. But what if I told you, but what, I want you to think for a second, what if the battle you're in right now shouldn't even be taking place? You say, you're you're losing me here. What are you talking about? See, here's the, let me write this down if you're taking notes. Here's what the enemy likes to do. As I told you, he's a fighter. He's always looking for a fight. So watch this. If he can't touch you, he'll try to draw you to a place where he can touch you. Oh, my, 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 my. Let me say it one more time. I said the enemy's a fighter. He's looking for a fight. So if, he's, if you're at a place where he can't touch you, 
And somebody say, when you're on the Word, when you've got the full armor of God on, when you've got the mind of Christ in you, He cannot touch you. When you're living in the presence of God, He cannot touch you. So what does He do? He, he tries to lure you to a place where He can touch you. Come on. That's why Paul said, give no place to the devil. Somebody say, no place. Why? Because if you give him place then he's got a place to fight you. Oh, man, man, man. So what if I told you today that maybe, just maybe, some of the battles you're fighting right now that you shouldn't even be fighting because they shouldn't even be existing in your life? Woo! You say, well, how are they existing? The question is, is are you giving place to him? The question is, has he drawn you to a place where you're out in the open with no armor? Has he drawn you to a place where you're not really focused on the things of God, but you're preoccupied by many different things going on around you? You see, you're kind of quiet right now, so that lets me know that you're thinking, which is what I want you to do. I want you to think before we get into this message. Because oftentimes we talk about how we're in a battle and we're struggling and we're doing this. And a lot of times, guess what? God didn't want you in that battle. Sometimes the struggle is unneeded. Ooh, turn to your neighbor and say, this is good. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Let's read this. It says, And now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? That's not what God said. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's not what God said. Who turn to him one more time and say, That's not what God said. Ooh. So he came to a he came with her to her with a lie from the get-go. Are you seeing this? And the woman said unto the serpent, We made eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Let's go on. And the serpent said unto woman, You shall not surely die. There's lie number two. For God doth know that in the day that you eat it, that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Somebody say, Don't that sound good? And when the woman saw that the tree was pleasant, or the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So I want you to see something right here. Now this is going to prove to you what I've just asked you. What if the battle you're going through right now should have never took place? Now, you watch right here. So here comes the devil, okay? Here comes the serpent. And the Bible says he was more subtle than all the creatures. What's that word right there mean? Write this down if you're taking notes. The word subtle means making use of a, of a clever or indirect methods to achieve something. So I told you, now watch this. So I told you that the enemy, he's always looking for a fight. And he's studying you to see where he can fight you in. And if he studies and finds that he cannot touch you, then he's going to try to lure you to a place where he can touch you. The baby's got it. So he's going to try to lure you to a place, right? How? By subtlety. How? By deception. Somebody say deception. So right, so watch this right now. So it's to make use of clever or indirect methods to achieve something. Somebody say the devil's clever. Come on. Somebody say he makes indirect methods. You see, he never really hits you head on. It's always indirectly. Oh, somebody talk to me. It's always from the side, or it's always from somebody you didn't even plan on. It's always by indirect methods to do what? Just to poke at you and prod at you and see how you're going to react. Turn to your name and say, do you react like the devil wants you to? 
So I want you today to see the power of deception at work. I want you to see it. Now watch this. How many knows the story of Adam and Eve? Come on. Every one of you learned that when you were a child. Watch this. So you know what I'm saying right now. They had no need. They had no want. There was no lack. They had everything they could ever desire in that garden. And I want you to see something right here. What the enemy says to her. He says, watch this. He said, you shall not die when you eat of the tree. He said, because the only reason God said that, come on, the only reason God said you would die is the fact because he knows that you're going to be like gods when you eat it. Can I let y'all in on something? They were already like gods. That's right. They sure were. Amen, brother. Come on, let's do it. No, I'm just one pause right there and let you... They were already gods. They were made in His image and in His likeness. They walked like Him. They talked like Him. They spoke things into existence like Him. The, all the creation, all the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea were all brought before Adam. And he said, this is what this thing's going to be called. And God said, okay, it's called that. Adam had all dominion, all power, all authority on the earth. And yet the enemy comes and says, you have a need. Oh, I wish somebody would get this in here today. How many times, let me tell you something, through Jesus and through His blood, we have everything that we could possibly need. He has restored us back to the place where Adam lost for us. Are you hearing me? He said, I have given you power over all the works of the enemy. And yet, at the same time, how many times is the enemy coming to you and say, you have need or you're not powerful or you don't have control over this and you can't do anything about that. Somebody better listen to me in here this morning because I'm telling you the power of deception. They were already like gods. The devil comes to you and says oh well you know you can't really be have peace until you have this in your life. Oh, and you'll never be at joy in your life until, until you have this right here. Knowing already that the Prince of Peace already lives on the inside of you. Somebody hear me here. The, the, the joy himself already lives inside of you. But yet the enemy's going to come to you subtly and with indirect methods and say you have a need. You're lacking. You don't have everything. Oh, here, here's a better one. God's holding out on you. See, we can see this because we're not under the deception that they were in. We can look from the outside of the passage, the story, and see that God was not holding, withholding from them. God had given them everything they could ever want or need. They had no need. Somebody said they had no need. They had everything. But yet the devil comes and says, oh, you're missing something. Isn't that like the devil? Come on, somebody. You can come out one of the best services you've ever been in your life. And you, you start driving home, the enemy start talking to you. Well, you didn't get this. Come on. And you knew that you'd been touched by God. And you knew that you were in the presence of God. And yet, He still wants to try to whisper to you, saying you're lacking. You're in need of something. Somebody say the power of deception. Go to verse 4 and 5. And the servant said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in that day of thereof that your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. That day a battle arose. Now watch this. That day a battle arose that shouldn't have took place. That day, that tree had always been there. Somebody hear me now. That tree, had, that so-called need had always been there. 
But she didn't even recognize it. Oh, y'all better hear me in here. I'm going to set you free this morning. You see, it had already always been there until the enemy brought deception. See, guess what? Adam and Eve were at a place where the devil could not touch them. You, let me tell you one more time. I said the devil could not touch them. He could not touch them with sickness or disease. He could not touch them with doubt and fear. He could not touch them until... What did I tell you earlier? He draw them to a place where he could touch them. He draw them to a place where he could battle with them. So let me tell you something. That day a battle took place that should have never took place. And you're in here. Come on, somebody. The enemy painted a need that was not there. I wonder, I know some people in here, you say, yeah, amen, that's right. But I wonder, I just wonder how many people in here this morning that the enemy's doing the same thing to you. Some of you in here worry about things that don't even exist. Excuse me, let me shoot this. Some of you worry about things that don't even exist. It's, it's just a what if. Oh, well, what if this happened? It don't exist. Some of you, oh my gosh. Some of you are focused on things that are not even real. Do you ever notice, now watch this. Do you ever notice when God always deals with you, He's never dealing with need. The Bible even goes so far to say that God knows our needs before we even ask. He's not dealing with our needs. So you ever notice that when God talks to you, He's never talking to you about what you lack. You ever notice that? He never says, oh, look at your bank account. Look how low it is. What am I going to do with that? He don't do that. But you ever notice, you ever notice that when the devil talks to you, he always makes sure that you know what you need. He always makes sure that you know where you're struggling, that you know where you're lacking. You ever wonder why? Because if he can get you to focus on it, he can get you to make it real. I better get off that. So the enemy painted a need that wasn't there. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat also. Watch this. They went by that tree every day. And the Bible never says, never says that it was pleasant to them until the enemy said something. Now, I want to preach and then I want to make you think. Now watch this. Let me say it one more time. They walked by the tree every day. Didn't bother them. Didn't bother them. They had peace, they had joy, they had happiness, had no need or want. Until one day the enemy came and said, hey, you're lacking. You're missing something. You have need. Guess what? Turn to your neighbor and say, there was no need. So watch this. Somebody say deception. Let me tell you what she bit into first before she bit into that fruit. Deception. Watch this. She went from never acknowledging the tree, never bothered her, until listening to the devil for a little bit, to now, watch, it was pleasant to her eyes. And she seen that it was good for food. Are y'all catching this? Now, 
there was a battle that was not there before. I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you the power of deception. Now there was a battle that wasn't there before. That tree was there all the time, but there was never a battle. That tree looked good all the time, but it was never a struggle. Until the enemy came and said, you have need. I wonder how many people in here, again, I know you, I keep asking you this, but I want you to think. I know how many people in here are fighting battles that they should not be fighting right now. All because you've been listening to the enemy whisper in your ear and say, you have need. You're lacking this and lacking that. Instead of looking to the one that meets all of your needs. That very moment, Eve should have ran straight to God. You see, let me deal with churches. Can I deal with churches for a moment? Do you know why many people leave churches? Come on. I just wasn't getting what I... Somebody say, I'm not going to amen this, but he's right. How many? Come on. Isn't that what people say? I just wasn't getting what I needed. And the reason is that the enemy sneaks in and he whispers. Oh, they don't have this. And they don't have that. You need this right here. And you need that right there. Oh, you don't need to go where God's called you to go. You need to go where you feel good. Oh, you need to go where you get where you get what you need. You need to go where you get what you need. Oh, you don't need to you don't need to stay faithful to your spouse. You just go because they're not giving you what you need. And watch this. Watch this. Some of you never thought of these things before until the enemy whispered and said you had a need. I'm trying to tell you the power of deception. We don't even think about it. And the enemy fed her two lies. What was he doing? Now, you notice me coming to you right now. If I come to you and say, hey, did God say you couldn't eat any of this fruit? You know, trying to act like I'm gullible. Yeah. Is that right? That's an indirect method, right? What did it say? He was more subtle than any other creatures that were created. And then he says, hey, you'll not die. God's holding out on you. How many of you in here right now have ever been in a place, a hard place, where you wanted to get out? Not just because it was tough, but because the enemy was whispering to you, God's holding out on you. If you go here, you'll get what you need. Oh, if you just leave this place and you go over there, you'll get what you've been needing. You'll get what you've been wanting because God has been holding out on you right here. So now there was a battle where there should not have been a battle. This was not something sent to test them. This was not something sent to make them stronger. This was just a case of deception. How many battles, I want you to write this down. How many battles are you fighting that wasn't real until you made them real? Do you, oh my goodness. Some of you might not believe what I'm telling you right now, but it's the truth. There have been people, now watch this. They just had a little ache. Just had a little ache in their body. Nothing more than that. But they held on to it. And they spoke over it. And they kept giving it place. And do you know that it, was, it would turn into something far worse than an ache? Now some of you might think I'm crazy right now, but I'm telling you the truth. Why? Watch this. I want you to see something right now. 
They took what wasn't even real and made it real. Oh, I'm just depressed. Oh, I'm just so depressed. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. And you keep pondering on it. And you keep thinking about it. And you keep speaking on it. And guess what happens? Lo and behold, you begin to lose your mind. And you might think I'm crazy in here this morning, but I'm telling you the truth. If you give place to something, it will become real. You give it place, it will become real. Why? Because you have the power to create your own reality. Do you hear what I said? I said you have the power to create your own reality. You can look at the, the glass half empty or half full. It's however you want to look at it. And you see, so many people are fighting battles that are not even real. But they've made them real. Oh my goodness. The enemy slips you a bad thought. Instead of casting it down, what do you do? You make it real. You make it real. How does temptation always come? It comes with a need. Oh my goodness, are you hearing me, church? It comes with a need. It's always, oh, I'm missing something. Oh, I, I, I need this. I don't have this, and I need it. And that's how it always comes forth. And so guess what? Then you get to the place you were no longer, you wasn't even seeing it before. But now that's all you can see. All you can see is the need. You know how many, there's so many Christians today, they only live by needs. You come to church with the mindset of need. Oh, bless God, I hope I need this tonight. I need this today. I need this and I need that. Instead of coming with an attitude, I'm coming to bless the Lord. I'm coming to be a, a praise unto Him. I'm coming to be a blessing unto Him and unto His people. When you pray, you don't even fellowship with God. Oh, come on now. We don't even fellowship with God. We don't even spend time with Him. But what do we spend our time doing when we pray? We always want to tell Him, Oh, Lord, I need this. I need you to do this. I need you to move right here. I need this to happen. I need this to come forth. I need, I need, I need, I need. When the Bible has already said He's already met our needs according to His riches and glory which are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus this morning? Then you have every need met. Give Him praise in here. You have every need met. So did they. They had every need met. They, they wanted something to eat. Boop, there we go. No aches, no pains, no nothing. So if he can do that with them, what can he do with you? Somebody say, praise the Lord. <laughs> so we look around and we say, well, I hope this doesn't happen. And I hope that, you know, people spend more time worrying about things that don't even exist, that may never even take place. Come on. I know this firsthand because I had a grandmother. That's all she did. She'd say, I'm a worry ward or whatever you call it. I'm just a worry. My mother was a worry. Come on. I just can't help. And she would worry about the craziest things. I mean, things that wasn't even uh, irrelevant. I mean, it wasn't nothing. But yet she would, she would worry herself to where she would sit there and chew on her fingernails. Somebody say, you can make what's not real, real. You can make it real. And the only way, the all, all the, the enemy needs you to do is to take that thought that he gives you. Take that, that, uh, that thing that he hands to you and make it real to you. <clears throat> because once he makes it real to you, then he can mess with you. Then he can have his way. 
Write down deception. What is deception? Ooh, this is good. Y'all want me to read this? Do you really want me to read this? Deception. Listen to this. It's the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false and invalid. I love that. Can I read that one more time? Let me read it one more time. What is deception? It's the act of causing someone to accept as true. Somebody say true. Or valid. Somebody say valid. What is false or invalid. How many times does the devil do that with you? Oh, bless God, I've just got such a feeling that something bad's going to happen. And guess what? Most of the time it didn't even happen. The devil comes to him and says, you've got a need. You've got a need. You're lacking. You've got to eat of this tree. You're not going to be whole until you eat of this tree. They were already whole. Oh, you're not going to be like God's until you eat of this tree. They were already like God. And then they bought into deception. What was false became truth to them. Do you want to know why a lot of people don't get healed? It's because the sickness has become more true than the healing. The bondage has become more truth than the freedom. Come on. I'm talking about deception this morning. What does the enemy do? He wants to convince you what's true, which is really false. He wants you to start worrying about things that are not really true, so you'll make them true. Oh, my goodness. Come on now, church. He wants you to start taking that little ache or pain you've got and turn it into something far bigger than what you've got right now. Come on, how many times have you got a little ache or, or a little this or that and the enemy says, it's cancer. It's arthritis. It's this, it's that. And what do you do? It probably is. <laughs> this is the sad truth. We've taken, we have taken what is false and made it truth. Oh my. Oh, you can't go to the stores now? You might get shot. You don't even know that. But yet, what do you do? You hide in your, your house somewhere. Why? Because it's the power of deception. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said all I need to say right now, but here's what I need to tell you. We don't live, as a Christian, we don't live by what ifs. Somebody say amen to that. We don't live by what ifs. We don't live by what if God doesn't heal me. What if God doesn't take care of me. What if God doesn't make a way. There is no what ifs in the promises of God. We sung the song earlier. The promises of God are what? Yes and amen. He didn't, he never said, you find me one word that God ever said where he said, I will, if you do this, I might do this. It's not in there. You can't find it. So when the enemy comes to you, and watch this. Here's one good job he does. He'll never tell you what you've got. He'll never, he'll never say, oh, you're a mighty man of God. 
No, he, he's never going to tell you that. He's never going to tell you, oh, you, you've got the gift of this and that for people. No, he's not going to. He's going to tell you what you're missing. Oh, you don't preach like so. Oh, you don't have this and this like so. Oh, your bank account is, you can't, you can't bless anybody. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, you want one that'll really hit home? Oh, you can't play with your grandkids because you're sick or because you have this and do that. Oh, you can't go out there and, and, and go hiking or something like that because your body is not in the shape. See, he's always pointing out the need. Why? So you'll make what is false truth and real. Eve, write this down, Eve believed a lie, so she fought a battle where there was none. She wasted all that time and energy on something that shouldn't even have happened. I'm going to get a lot of you, you ready? Some of y'all come in here tired and weary and busted up. Can I tell you why? Because... You're not just fighting the battles that God wants you to fight, but you're fighting things that you have no business fighting. <laughs> Woo! The enemy's got you wasting energy over here and energy over there. And what's he wanting to do? He's wanting to wear you slap out. So then when you're weak, so then when you're wore out and you're tired, then that's when he wants to hit you and mess with you. See, he couldn't touch Eve. So what did he do? He had to be subtle about it. He had to be deceptive about it. Why? So he could get her to a place where she was uncertain Isn't it funny how the enemy will make you uncertain about the promises of God that you already know? I'm going to have to buy this tape myself. You ever notice that? I mean, you know the promises. You'll recite them throughout the day. And then the enemy will just come along and say, did he really say that? Knowing you already know what he said. Watch this. Watch this. This is how crazy this is. I, this is how powerful deception is. This just came to me. Watch this. Eve said what God... He, she recited what God said to the devil. And then he came around and said, that's not what he said. And she believed it. Do you all see that? That's the power. To, see, we look at people that's going through stuff and we think, what is wrong with them? Come on. What are they doing? Y'all don't ever do that? People's going through. And you know what it is? It's the power of deception. They're not thinking clearly. They're not thinking right. For you to think that you can put one over on God, you got to be crazy. You can't be in your right mind. And so here Eve thinks, hey, God's just holding out on me. That's all it is. He's just holding out on me. Look at this tree. I've never looked at it before, but it looks good now. Oh, look at the fruit. Oh, I bet it tastes good too. And before you know it, what was false begins to become true. Somebody say subtle. I said subtle. You know what that means? That means it don't flood you all at once. See, that's how deception works. Oh, goodness. Hear me, church. That's how deception works. You don't immediately say, oh, that's true. No, no. It slips in. And it begins to talk. You know the Bible says that the Word of God will talk to you. Did you hear this? I said the word of God will talk. Well, see, if you're not getting the word of God in you and you start listening to the the enemy will talk to you also. His words will talk to you. And before you know it, little by little, what was false, what you thought you'd never do, you'd never say, you'd never go here, you'd never go there.
So write this down. Eve believed a lie and she fought a battle where there was none. All because she let the enemy put the fear of lack on her. <coughs> People don't pay their tithes because of fear of lack. When Watch this. When you don't pay them, that's going to put you in lack. Ooh. We do so many things in our life by the fear of lacking. We are so afraid that we're going to be lacking in one area or this area. That we do everything that we can to make sure that we don't. And can I, tell you, can I drop a bombshell on you? So many times them fears that, you're lack, that you think you're lacking of, they don't even exist. Because, watch this, but because she believed they existed, she put on a battle that she couldn't win. Write this down. If I start a battle that God didn't assign me to, I won't win it. I didn't have that in my notes. It just came to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. You better know where you're praying for, especially when you're casting out devils, you better know you've got some power. You hearing me? See, these bunch of hooligans thought they was going to do that in the Bible. They said, hey, we're going to pick this fight right here. Well, guess what? God didn't tell them to do it. So guess what? They was not authorized. So you better know, watch this, you better know that the fight that you're in has been authorized by God. Come on. This is good stuff. This is stuff that's going to keep you from getting your head slapped. Because listen to me, let me tell you something. God never called you to go pick and fights. But He definitely called you to finish them. Oh, come on. Come on. He called you to finish them. That was not a fight she should have fought. She should have went on. Hey, I know what God said. Get out of here. I know what God said. He said, don't touch it. You told my need. I, I don't even have a need. Get out of here. I'll tell you one even crazier than this. You'll be happy. Now watch this. You'll be happy. And the enemy comes and says, you're depressed. Oh, I guess I am depressed. Look at some of you. Th but some of you know what I'm talking about. This is the crazy stuff that we buy into. Instead of saying, wait just a minute. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not depressed. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Mama. <laughs> so watch this. And because of deception, she fought a battle that wasn't there and lost it. We still preach about it today. They lost it. And now she was at a place where the enemy could touch her. She came to a place, because of deception, she came to a place where the enemy could touch her. You say, the enemy's messing with me. He's messing with me all the time. Well, what's he done to pull you out of the presence of God? What's he done to, to, to bring you off the word of God? Because let me tell you, as long as you're on the word of God, as long as you're standing on his word, and long as you're in his presence, the enemy can't. Yeah, he might try to hit you, but it ain't going to do anything to you. Come on. So, what, so you've got to think this morning, what has he done to lure you to a place where he can now touch you? Paul said, we are not ignorant. To the devices of the devil. 
That's what Paul said. He said, we know the subtlety of the day. We know the deception of the day. And because of that, we don't buy into his schemes. Mm. And so you left your church. Come on, I see this happen all the time. It's because you left the church because you, you weren't getting what you needed. And now you, got, you went to a church where now you thought you could get what you needed. And guess what? You're still fighting the same thing. You know what I call them? I call them church hoppers. You say, are you a pastor that believes that God has called you to a specific church? Yes, I am a pastor that believes that you are called to a specific church. And you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. If you're not called to be here, go to where you're called to be. Oh, come on. Pastors aren't going to tell you that. But see, we got to preach the truth. Let me, you want me to go a step further? You need to be at the job that God has called you to be. Oh, well, this one pays more money. That's not what I said. I said you need to be at the job where God has called you to be. Say amen on that. Go to John 8, 4, 4. And Jesus says, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. That means of his own nature. It's in his nature. He can't help himself. He speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Somebody say, he is a liar. And the father of it. He is the creator. If you're a father of something, that means you are a creator. You are the life source of it. So I want you to get something in here this morning. That the devil is the life source of a lie. When you crush the lie, you crush the life source. Oh, somebody better give God some praise on that right now. Did you hear what I said? I said when you crush the lie, you crush the life source. When you get rid of that lie that you're biting into of the devil, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get rid of the devil altogether out of your life. Woo! See, see, you got to look at your situations, your circumstances, and your condition, and you got to look at them and say, I don't believe that. Look at some of you. What did you say? I said, you got to look at him and say, I don't believe that. If God said, I'm blessed, I'm going to look at my, you might look at your bank account and say, well, it don't sound blessed, but I don't believe it. It's got to change. Did y'all hear what I said? I said, it's got to change. Oh, come on. My business life, it's got to change. My ministry, it's got to change. Why? Because God said, what God said to me is more real than what's going on around me. Are you listening to me? So I'm not going to bite into deception and think, well, God's holding out on me. Come on. You're going to believe that junk. God's holding out on me. You know what saddens me so much? Somebody put music on or play or whatever you're going to do. You know what saddens me so much in the church? Now watch this. This is what saddens me. Is that people will believe the devil in a heartbeat. But you got to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach to people to try to get them to believe God. And then they might believe him. crazy I just feel like something's wrong with my body I just feel like something bad's going to happen to me write this down what lie have you believed and made truth in your life say it again what lie have you believed and made truth in your life let me tell you something about me sickness and disease is not true to me 
you might think I'm crazy or get offended by that or whatever, I'm sorry, I, I can't help it. It's not real to me. It's not in my reality. You hearing me? I'm not saying cancer is real. Arthritis is real. Diabetes is real. But it's not my reality. Are y'all getting this? It's not my reality. Poverty is real. Yes, it is. Poverty is real. But you know what I did? I stopped making it my reality. Come on. You letting your money tell you what you can do instead of you telling your money what it can do. Don't y'all love how I challenge you? Come on. I'd rather tell you the truth and see you succeed as to come in here every week and say, oh, you just keep doing what you're doing. God's going to make a way. God loves you just right where you are. You just stay right where you are and you not receive anything. Somebody say amen. Write this down. You have the power to create your own reality, good or bad. That's, that's what it comes with your health, your finances, your mindset, your family, your ministry, anything it is. You have the power to do it. And I know some of you think, hey, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. See, the enemy's tried to kill me many times. But he can't do it. Did you hear me? I know what it's like. Watch this. When I tell you that you don't let sickness and disease tell you what you're going to do, some of you might look at me and say, well, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, it is, because you know why? I've been there. I've been there where the enemy tried to kill me. When my heart would stop, from Tazzle to Princeton, 30 sometimes. I mean, stop. And then beat again. Guess what? Got out of the ER. They couldn't find out what was wrong. Got prayed over. God said, the enemy tried to kill you tonight. But I'm not going to allow it. I'm going to heal you. You have a promise from the Lord God Almighty himself. I'm going to heal you. He said, now, do you trust me? Guess what? How many knows I was healed that night? Come on. I was healed that night, but guess what? My heart didn't quit stopping for almost two years. Now, hold on. That's not the best part. And don't you think for one second... That it tried to grip my mind. Don't you do this. It might make your heart stop. Don't you eat this. It might make your heart stop. Don't you do this or do that over there. Or it might make your heart stop. You think that didn't try to grip me? Oh yes it did. But you know what I did? I fought. See, that's why some people don't even get healed because you don't have no fight in you. You got to fight. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, You got to fight. The enemy's not just going to say, Okay, God promised you. Here you go. No, you got to bust into the enemy's camp and you've got to take back what the devil stole from you. Come on, somebody. Hey, so watch this. For almost two years after what God said, it would still stop. Were there times I would get discouraged? Yes. Were there times where the enemy would say, it's not going to happen? Yes. Somebody say deception. And that sickness tried to make itself my reality. To where everything would, be, would revolve around that illness. But watch this. How many has ever heard of the exercise called insanity? One of the first things I ever did 
was insanity with a sweatsuit on. I mean, sweat flying everywhere. We went so hard, the pants ripped. And I'm telling you, I went so hard that I collapsed on the floor. Not because I was having a heart attack, I was just wore out. You don't do that with a sweatsuit on. Come on, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't do that. That's the real deal. But watch this. Now, I got to tell my mom, she's not going to like it. But she said, you don't need to be doing that with your heart. Bless God. The enemy's not going to tell me how I'm going to live my life. Y'all hear what I say? I said, did you hear what I said? I'm going to set some people free in here this morning. I made up my mind that that illness, whatever it was, was not me. And it was not going to dictate my life. Everything was not going to revolve around that illness, that issue. Guess what? My heart does not skip. I said my heart does not skip. It does not skip. I can run and run. Now, used to be I hated running. I hated it. I kept quoting that scripture in Isaiah. That I should run and not be weary. But guess what? Why was I healed? Many of you will say, because God said so. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Why was I healed? I was healed because I didn't buy in to a lie. You say, wait a minute. You said, you said that your heart was skipping. You're only looking at the circumstances. But I seen myself healthy. Oh, come on. I seen myself to perfection. Come on. I seen myself running and my heart not skipping, going up or whatever, doing whatever I want to do, and my heart not skipping. Yeah, that's what I seen. Yeah, even at the same time, when when my heart would skip, it would feel like something was gripping my chest real quick. See, I'm telling you in here this morning that you can fight. But some battles, you don't need to fight. Some battles, listen, you've, you've let the enemy cause you to create this and make it real. It's time to let go of it this morning. <laughs> I'm going to say one more thing. You don't want to miss next week. I'm going to say one more thing. For some of you, watch this. The enemy has took a vacation because you've took over putting limits on yourself for him. If I had a mic, I'd drop it right now. Did you hear what I said? I said, the enemy has took a vacation on you. He came in, done his job, and he's left. You want to know why? Because you took over. Oh my. I'm not saying this to hurt you this morning. I'm saying this to set you free. Now, watch this. The enemy don't have to do anything. You do it yourself. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't quit worrying. I can't I can't go out and run. Come on. I can't eat that food. It'll raise my blood sugar. Come on. can't pay tithe. You know how tight money is. Somebody say, he's preaching it real. And the enemy's just sitting back. Ah, they're doing my job. You know how God sows a seed and then it takes over and does the rest? That's what the enemy does. My question to you this morning is, what seed of deception has the enemy planted in you?
And see, the more that you give it place, guess what? The more it grows. See, it started out as a seed. But for some of you, this is by the Holy Ghost. For some of you, it's now a big old oak tree. This is the power of deception. How many times has God said in this church, now y'all correct me if I'm wrong, how many times has God said in this church, all you got to do is believe me. You'll be healed, you'll be blessed, you'll be, you, you'll be this, you'll be that. All you got to do is believe me. You don't have to do a chant. You don't have to read a 12-step book or program. You, all you got to do is believe me. But you cannot believe God if you've made a lie truth. <coughs> Let's all come to the front today.